With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN in association with Betfred. Well, 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 as the great OCU Minura would say, here we are, gang, at the end of a long old season that we didn't think we were going to necessarily see. We certainly didn't think it was going to finish on time, but the NFL have pulled it off and what a way to wrap things up. What a fascinating Super Bowl 55, a game I don't think anybody saw coming one-way traffic from start to finish an absolutely devastatingly powerful performance from the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady has done it again silence the critics once again his seventh Super Bowl ring an unbelievable achievement there is so much that we've got to break down and work out how this has happened so we'll get straight down to business and who else but the brilliant Iron Mike Carlson to steer us through Hi, Mike Carson in the house, off the back of another vintage broadcast performance. You know, this time last year, Carson, we were having brekkie uh, post Super Bowl 54 in my, a late brekkie, albeit uh, in Miami. Uh, a year on, not quite as glamorous surroundings, but it's still very good to see you, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, and it was great to be doing the game. And and to be honest, I thought we did it really well because um, it was a good game to analyze. And uh, it's always nice to be working with OC and Jason and um, and Chappers uh, back. And they've got such a good rapport from all the shows they've done together that you know it's it's like I'm uh, I'm like Zeppo Marx there. Um, <laughs> more gummo. I think them. you're more gummo. But yeah. Well, no, Gummo, Gummo's a bit, taking it a step too far. I mean, <laughs> I tend to, in that in that um, in that situation, I tend to think of myself as Groucho. But but you know, <laughs> yeah. I've often thought of you uh, as Groucho. So let's yeah. start. Brady getting his seventh ring. Mahomes, the biggest defeat of his NFL career. It was a one-sided affair, and then some, which I don't think anybody saw coming. I know you picked the Bucks, Mike, and everything uh, that you were calling about the game plan played out. The offense hummed. Brady was solid. He protected the ball, playoff Lenny stepped up, Gronk was clutching the big game once again, but it was Todd Bowles and the Tampa D that, that were the stars of the show. Tell us how they did it. Yeah, um, and and oddly in my betting column, it was it was the under Tampa and Gronk to score a touchdown were, were my were, were my three my Bailed. three bets. So that that was all right. Um, how did Tampa's defense do it? Was by establishing domination up front primarily. Um, and that was not just Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett, but but it was the middle of the line, uh, especially when Vita Villa was in there. Uh, mm. You could see him just pushing back the inside of the Chiefs line, and that made Mahomes' life a little more difficult. Um, the speed of those two outside guys, though, did help when they were chasing down Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think... The two linebackers were really the keys, David and uh, White. I said right before the game that, 
you know, if you assume that the ends are going to be a major factor against your backup tackles, which they were, um, then Andy Reid's probably going to attack them by going into the flat, by going with the wheel route with backs out of the backfield um, into the empty space left behind by the wide receivers who are taking the defensive backs deep. He didn't really do very much of that. I was a little surprised by the play calling as it happened, but when he did either white or David was there uh, most of the time to keep the gains relatively short. And the only time they got outside was when Mahomes broke the pocket and Mm. ran. And as the game went on, um, he, I think he had more trouble running plus running was not going to win yeah. the game. So, you know, he had yeah. to look, look for the passing opportunities. Then he scrambled on next gen stats and which were wheeling out all kinds of good stuff post game. So Mahomes scrambled on almost 30% of snaps completed as five or 14 and a pick on those and the pressure that we're talking about. This was extraordinary. Almost a third of snaps. Mahomes was pressured 32.7% but they only blitzed on five. Of yeah. Them. Well, so that, that was, that was the key. Um, and I, and yeah. I said that before the game, you know, if, if they can do that, that means that in, in this, in effect, you've got seven in coverage. Now, David and, and white were doing sometimes one was spying Mahomes more or less. And they had that responsibility for, for the flat, but when they got the lead, you noticed then they started covering man or actually it was a little after they got the lead, but when Kansas city started going to Kelsey up the middle, which they were willing to let them do, but he Mm. was, he's as ever when they play zone underneath against Kelsey, he finds the spot in the zone and Mahomes finds him. We talked about that on the show last week. So they, they started putting um, David on him man to man and he did a great job um, of man covering him and man covering makes it more difficult because Mahomes can't anticipate as well where he's going to be. He can't see that soft spot that Kelsey's going mm. to fill. Um, but the, and that is not an easy gig man covering. No, I, and that's, I, I think Romo right? nailed it well when they, they showed him standing him, jacking him up at the line of scrimmage. And most guys mm. have to take a step back. And that's when Kelsey beats you. It's the same thing Gronk used to do to guys, you know, run right. up to them, hit them while they hit you, get the momentum going. And so they're trying to slow mm. you down and you're actually getting separation from them because of their hit. Um, And then the other key, of course, was that they started out playing most of the game. I think in the first half, it was 22 of 29 snaps. They were too deep and the two deep got deeper and deeper as the game, as the lead increased, they were not going to give Tyreek Hill a long pass. He got one, which was the classic uh, deep slant to Hill. Um, for about 30 yards, but they weren't going to mm-hmm. give him the deep play. He could have had one when Mahomes scrambled and the pass went through his hands and hit him in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been a fantastic catch had he made it. Um, but that was really the only time that that uh, game plan broke down and they were helped. And I pointed this out at the beginning of the game, Carl Sheffers, the referee, his mm-hmm. crew during the regular season, which is different people, but it's the same referee setting the tone through the most flags of any crew in the, in the league. And it turned out, I I didn't know this at the time, but um, the two games they played against Kansas city, Kansas city had 11 penalties in each game, which was the most they had all season. And what they were Mm. doing um, as opposed to the previous four playoff games that we saw, they were not letting them hold, you know, you could Mm. hold a little bit, but if you maintained the hold, they were going to flag you. And I said on the show, they're sending a message to Kansas city. Stop doing it. And, you know, the Chiefs pretty much had to man cover 
because you it's hard to zone when you've got um, Evans, Evans and AB and, and uh, Godwin yep. and, and Gronk and Bray. It's hard to play zone. So they pretty much had to man cover and they couldn't do it. That was the, and to me, that mm. was the real difference in the game. Now, you mm. know, it might have been if um, if you'd had uh, Bill Vinovich, uh, Vinovich or whoever refereeing, they let it all go. You know, they let yeah, a little bit a more last yeah, They let a hell of a lot of holding go. But that was mm. kind of like only fair because if you hadn't, Mahomes would be dead now. They'd be they'd be bare. I mean, there was one play where where the um uh it was JPP and and I think it was Remmers and Remmers had him in a headlock. Um mm. and you know, like a chokehold, not just a headlock, but a chokehold around the neck and then bulldogged him like wrestling, you know, down to the ground. Mm. And, and Romo was saying, well, that's a soft holding call. <laughs> I'm thinking, and it didn't get called. <laughs> they called on the next play. They called holding because I think they realized exactly what they were letting, letting happen. So, you know, I, if I'm Kansas City, I don't blame the referees because they were doing what they had to do. Mike, you mentioned that the hill drop. The Chiefs had their moments, of course, but they couldn't capitalize and the game just seemed to slip further away. What was going on? So you had the Kelsey drop on the third and eight in the, in the first half. Uh, Darrell Williams in the fourth as well. So there's there some big moments where, uh, you know, in each case, you could look at that play 99 times out of 100 and those players would make it. So was that, do you think it was becoming a little bit self-perpetuating as the game was running away from it's a good, it's the a good way of looking. It's a good on. way of looking at it, I think. Um, it becomes a downward spiral. Kelsey had a couple of drops that he normally catches. Yeah. Now, the passes weren't as precise necessarily as you would expect from Mahomes because he was under pressure. He was constantly throwing off balance on the run, jumping, you know. Um, and I think the realization you have to make every catch started to wear on these guys and they were they were mm. getting hit they were being covered they weren't yeah. they weren't the usual kind of easy catches um that, that you expect them to make they were contested catches and 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 those are harder um all the time and and at one point i think we said during commentary the chiefs normally play with such swagger and by yeah. the third quarter that swagger was completely gone they they were a team trying to scratch and claw their way back in yeah. back into the game and and you know nothing you know they came out and they ran the ball which they probably should have been doing a little more of early but in the second half Tampa was going to let them run the ball you know yeah. um and they were still going to sit back in that too deep zone and you know and say okay if you want to move the ball up the field uh three times without making a mistake on 10 play drives we'll let you do that you know and meanwhile we're going to move the ball back and probably increase our lead to me actually the the turning point of the game was probably the bad snap to brady which he recovered and th- and then yeah. suck up hit a 52 yard field goal you know, if yeah. they if Kansas City were going to get back in the game, Suckup would have had to miss that field goal, which would have mm. given them great field position and a chance to get mm. in and make the game close again. But because Suckup, that was was that as long as the yeah, season? It was. It was fifty-two. You know, just in terms of game-changing moments, right? So we had the so you had the the goal line stand, and then they didn't capitalize on it. Well, difficult field position, ninety-nine yards. Uh, it would have been, but they they punted the ball back but then the flag on that punt of course that, that was, was significant wasn't it because then the bucks then went back and knocked it knocked in a field goal and uh and the momentum in particular from the goal nine stand was was completely negative. yeah and you know you you always hate penalties on special teams so they had another one where, right. um where mccall hardman was lined up in the neutral and, and um i i hate those penalties neutral zone penalties because i always think that the the line judge 
um, I'm, you know, on one on one side, um, or the or the um, down judge on the other side, ought to say, you know, ought to say, seventeen, move back, you know, mm. and and just just get them out of that position rather than waiting and throwing the flag. You know, the same mm. thing happened to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, it wasn't a kicking game, but but you remember it, it took away an interception because um, right because Ford was was lined up. Um, off in the in the neutral zone so yeah i mean that was a four was it a 40 yard change of field position yeah. on on that yeah, yeah. um on that punt so that yeah that that was big and again the chiefs uh first play from the goal line they got out to the tw- yeah. was it the 12 yeah, yeah, i mean yeah. they broke out. and you yeah, thought yeah. okay here we go here you we know? go yeah they've made this goal line stand they're going to get back and the game's going to be tight and they just couldn't take advantage of it and, and yeah tampa it was clinical almost, you know, it was, yeah, it right. was ruthless, exactly clinical. Right. It wasn't one of those where you can see the guys getting, you know, more and more pumped up as they go along um, and playing better. They were playing that way the whole game. It was, a, Just, it was really yes, efficient. Such a good game. point. Such a good point. Uh, the other parallel, or I say the other parallel, but the other key turning point for me, which had a, a parallel with the NFC championship game where the drive, of course, where they, uh, Scotty Miller, Brady hit Scotty Scotty Miller for the <laughs> wide open score, which which kind of put it to bed. Did drive just for half time here as well? I mean, it was just incredible to watch that turn of events when you're thinking, well, this has just swung once again from Kansas City, maybe getting something going to how on earth have they let Tampa Bay score here? And I know there was some, what did you make of the flags on that play? Do you think there was any kind of question marks? Because Chiefs fans are up in arms about some of the calls on that particular drive. Well, you know that last Super Bowl, I thought the Chiefs benefited uh, four, right. four, four nil on um, on questionable <laughs> calls or even worse, questionable non calls. Um, so mm. I don't have that much sympathy. Um, but I, I thought, it, oh, Jason and I had an argument about that one, you know. And, and I said, he said, you have to defend the end zone. It's your ter- your territory. It's like basketball. And I said, it's not like basketball because. You can't, you can't hold the guy. It's not two guys going up for a rebound. It's one guy who has to catch mm. the ball and one guy who doesn't. And if the guy, if, if down, the guy yeah. who doesn't can hold you, how are you going to catch? How are you going to catch the ball? If it's like basketball, mm. it's like a shooting situation. And the team with the guy with the ball is the receiver, um, although he doesn't have the ball at the time. So I, I had no problem with either penalty. I mean, if people were saying, "Oh, it was an uncatchable ball." And we, we ran a replay mm. and I just said, give me a break, you know, cause here's where, here's where he pushes the, the, the hip or the thigh, whichever mm. is he got, you know, and then the, the legs play back and they, and, and it was, Oh, it's inadvertent. It's not inadvertent. Cause he got pushed. Well, he couldn't have caught mm. the ball. Well, Mike Evans has a stride about it. <laughs> He's six foot five. He's six foot five. <laughs> right. The ball was from where he fell was five yards ahead. So if he stays on his feet, he catches the ball right over his shoulder and goes in for a touchdown. Right. I mean, the guy did yeah, what yeah. he had to do. The defender, uh, Breland, had, did what he had to do, but I had no problem with the call. Last week, if it had last been that, week you wouldn't have been seen it. Last week, it wouldn't have been called. It wouldn't have been called. Because they weren't calling it. The only, the only, the only oh, see, DPI okay. they called was, was, um, was the, on, the last, you know, on the last series of the game in, in the pack. What if, it had been that, um, what if it had been that offensive lineman that Brady tried to hit in the end zone. So, hey, you know, <laughs> would he, would he I was almost it? ready to argue that it was a catch because because <laughs> right. if you watch it carefully, he comes down with the ball You're right. and he yeah, takes yeah. like three little pity patty steps. 
And I'm saying, now that's three steps. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if it's like. Was it a football yeah, move? I, think you I thought it was move. a football move myself. And then, <laughs> you know, then um, I guess Dino Blandino would, would say, well, he didn't have control of the ball. I say, he had, he had, he had mm. control of the ball. It, it was on his face mask and he had it between his two hands. But that's the way the mm. rules go. I had, no, I had no problem with that. I felt sorry for the guy, though, because fat guy touchdowns are my favorite thing amongst your fans yeah. aren't they uh, now bearing in mind he was, he was obviously injured and it came out after joe, the game, joe Hayes was injured no 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 Mahomes was and he um which i think might have been you never know the um i think the comms mentioned it actually it came out yesterday didn't it at some point not necessarily after the game but he's gonna have an operation on the yeah. toe we talked about his receivers dropping balls left right and center um, the pressure Mahomes was under we've emphasized but he was conjuring Something out of nothing. Where are we in terms of rating Mahomes' performance? What What did you do? Now you've had a bit well, of, a bit yeah, of time. Right. How are you looking at how Patrick Mahomes and how he played? Um, I think it was Mike Tanier, you know, said, you've just seen what Patrick Mahomes would have played like if he had been drafted by the Bengals. <laughs> um, right. And, and yeah, I think yeah. that's that's true. You know, he they've had their way um, a good portion of the time. You know, you think of you think of the first half against San Francisco, where he was relatively ineffective. The first half against New England, where he was relatively ineffective. Um, this season, mm. um, or no, last season. I'm sorry, when when yeah. Brian Hoyer was the quarterback for the Patriots. Um, you know, there are teams who have defensed the Chiefs well, but they haven't normally. They haven't been able to take the lead. And then force the Chiefs into something that you know they don't necessarily want to do. A, a, a significant yeah, Houston. Right. Houston got points off turnovers to build yeah. up their big lead, so that you know it wasn't um, it it wasn't a case of their D playing really well to go up twenty four nothing. But um, you know, but but it's it's been possible. We just haven't seen it on the big stage for a whole game. And and Mahomes, the reason I didn't think Campbell would be able to run away with the game, even though I, you know, predicted they'd win was that um, you just assume Mahomes can bring them back with the weapons that he has. And, you know, we, we talked about how, well, how do you cut off those two weapons, Hill and Kelsey? And the answer that Tampa decided on was we're cutting off Hill. And if Kelsey's going to beat us, Kelsey's going to beat us, but he's not going to beat us deep. He's only going to beat us if they work the ball up the field, you know? And, right. and I was a little surprised that you didn't see more, to Sammy Watkins say, you know, more. Well, what was the Watkins looking? I mean, he was an injury dad, yeah. wasn't he? Did he look? He had one catch you? in the game when he, when he, when he came yeah. in, he, he dropped one pass, you know, and they really are to an extent, if things aren't going well, they become a two, a two weapon team, you know? Mm. And again, I, I, I right. failed to see why Edward Solaire or Williams didn't get the ball more coming out of the back. Well, Edward Tiller broke that. Yeah, he broke that run off. And I thought, okay, here we go. This is what they're going to yeah. do. They're going to ride him. And then, then they, just no, but they, they needed, they needed, they needed to use him more as a receiver. They, they needed, they right. needed to get the backs into the receiving game to put pressure on those two linebackers who, who to yeah. me were the key, the keys to the game, David, David and white, mm. um, you know, and, because they were the linchpin and the difference between the two teams in a sense is that Hitchens and Wilson, um, weren't aren't they 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 can't do all that that they can't although wilson had wilson was the guy who made that the stop on the on the goal line um you know just mm. brilliant just brilliant tackle um yeah at, on the goal line stand. and so you know i i think 
you can't write off Patrick Mahomes. It's just that every everyone is vulnerable. Tom Brady and Randy Moss and Wes Welker in 2007. You know, you, mm. you come up with a scheme that's going to hold them, force them to play partly a game they don't want to play and partly a game where they have to be perfect or not make mistakes. And you can control them. You know, and the and the Patriots nearly won that game anyway. You know, um, don't mention that to OC, but you know, but it was a it was a brilliant win for just the same reasons. Mm. You know, I think if if Tom Brady had been quarterbacking the Giants with that game plan, you know, then the Giants probably would have won the game by a bit more. Um, and you know, it, it's it's something that we make too much of the two quarterbacks. I think sometimes, and we expect all or nothing. Um, the mouth clowns go to work, you know. I'd rather have I'd rather have Joe Burrow as my quarterback right now. You know, well, <laughs> maybe you will, but you know, look at look at how how everything depends on the situation and how mm. football's a team game. Um, you know, Tom Brady went into a situation with a team that was a good defensive team and got better, and a yeah. team that was a decent offensive team and took away thirty interceptions and twelve fumbles by getting rid of Jameis Winston. And yep. added Antonio Brown, Gronk, and Gronk. Leonard yep. Fournette to their offense. Yep. I mean, that's a pretty good situation for a quarterback to move into. Yep. And, you know, none of us thought they would win a Super Bowl. I don't even think at the beginning of the playoffs we thought they would win a Super Bowl. But I'm not surprised um, in the circumstances mm. that that team won a Super Bowl. And certainly Tom Brady was the cent- is the center of that team, you know. And mm. you saw it. You saw it after the uh, bye week when they went on that run where obviously what had happened was the offense became more of a Brady friendly offense and Mm. less of a Bruce Arians, Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer kind of offense where the quarterback is going to wind up taking a lot of hits waiting for receivers to get open downfield. Um, how much credit should Arians Rose. get for that? We spoke about him on the show last week, but yeah, it, I don't think people are talking about this. No, I, I, I think he gets loads of credit for, um, you know, um, I think. Cause that's what a great leader does, right? I mean, he's, be, he's deferential anyway. I mean, he's even in the, in the post-game press as he was talking up left, which and bowls and it was all them yeah. and all his players like did, did affect, see all the attention from him, but that's what a really strong. Leader Absolutely. Does. He knows exactly Absolutely. Make those no, no ego involved in this thing. Yeah. I think they sat down and said, okay, what can we do? They were seven and five. What can we do to make this team better? How can, you know, how can Tom, what can we do? How can we make our offense work better? And, and, and they yeah. figured it out basically. They, you know, and a lot of that had to do with leaving an extra blocker in. So Brady had more time to hit. And I think, you know, I can almost hear the conversation. Look, I don't need Gronk downfield on every play because I've got three or four really good wide receivers who are all one-on-one matchup nightmares. I don't need the mismatch of Gronk unless I really need it, you know, but, but let him block more, Um, you know, leave, leave somebody in to help me. And and, and that, that really works. We've talked a lot about how bowls, bowls and, um, and Arians worked together in Arizona so well. Um, what yeah. a talented defensive coach he is. Um, yeah. And I think he'll be in line for a, another head coaching job, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. And, you know, left, which is kind of the wild card in this, because um, he's had a very low profile. Um, mm. I remember him as a college player, the, the famous game where he broke his leg 
and his linemen were carrying him down the field. He was three, he, yes, he would course, complete yeah, a long yeah. pass and then they'd pick him up and carry him down carry the field him, and he'd down. be in the shotgun yeah, yeah. on one leg and complete another pass and they'd pick him up. So obviously, <laughs> you know, and he was at Pittsburgh, I guess, as a backup when, um, when Arias yeah. was coaching there. So I, I think he's a good offensive. Mind. We did a few Leftwich games back in the day. I'm sure when he stepped in. Yeah. For, yeah. He had a big arm. He had a big arm. He was a perfect Bruce Arians quarterback. He was a big, yeah, big, right, strong right. guy with a big arm, not very mobile. And, you know, mm. and could take it, could take a hit in the pocket. So uh, I, I really admire what Tampa has done and um, how long they will be able to keep doing it. I don't know because how long can you keep a Super Bowl team together as contracts run out and people. There are quite a few, actually, if you look at the, and they've got decent cap space. So, but if you look at the, I mean, the obvious ones like Brown and, and Fournette, I guess they've got a, and Gronk as well. I guess they've got to yeah. make it. I wouldn't be surprised if Gronk, there, if like, Gronk retired. I mean, Really? Well, it would make sense, sort of. You know, he came back out of retirement. They won a Super Bowl. Um, mm. Unless he's really bored with with life as Gronk. Um, <laughs> and who could be, exactly. Tom Brady said this morning, something like Gronk is like what we all want to be in our second lives. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Spot on. Uh, terrific stuff, Mike. Um, who who, one said, more on this who game. said the unexamined life is not worth leading? Not Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't Gronk. One more in this game, and then uh, and then uh, I, I want to wrap by remembering uh, two people sure. who we lost this week, and um, someone very close to you personally, somebody that was uh, close to us, and a lot of our listeners uh, as well. But I have one more on the Super Bowl, and I guess broadly on this incredible achievement by Brady, because you made a great point that he went into a decent landing spot, and that's smart of Brady because he had, I guess, no shortage of offers. The interesting discussion uh, I heard on the Simmons and Cousin Sal show about which other spots if Brady had landed, like the Rams, for example, would he have uh, had similar uh, level of success. But that's maybe for an off-season pod. We can talk about that. But the, <laughs> sure. the Tampa landing spot was good. Um, at, you know, A good side that he's helped make great in the context of all sports mike not just the nfl how remarkable is this achievement now brady's got seven rings help us it's, rationalize it's, it. well just put it in, in the context of the nfl he's got seven rings including one in his first year with a new team and only the second guy um to have super bowl rings with two teams um after mm. peyton manning and Manning had, you know, actually Manning had, it was a similar situation. Manning's defense carried them um, to the, to the game. But Brady, I think contributed more than Peyton did in that, in the winning Super Bowl game. Um, yeah. Nobody else. Had, he has more rings than any team has, has trophies. Um, he's been to the Super Bowl half of his, well, more than half of his seasons as a starter, 10 out of, out of 19. Nobody else has come close to doing that, you know, and he has been, I used to say this all the time. Oh, he's people would say things like he's a system quarterback. He's any system quarterback, you know, Belichick, right. they, they were, I don't know, in the six Super Bowls they won in new England, they were four different teams in terms of how, how their offense worked at, at minimum. Um, he could do any offense that you want. And, and in, it's hard to match him against sports where an individual stands out more like say mm. basketball and Michael Jordan, you know, with who's tremendous will in basketball. He's more like Bill Russell who won 11 titles in 13 years. And everybody mm. said, Oh, he's got great teams around him, which he did, but they weren't that better, much better than the teams Wilt had around him, but he was the drive to win. 
He was the guy who would do what it takes for the team to make the team win. And in football, the quarterback is probably the most, you could argue the goaltender in ice hockey might be more important to a team because a a really hot goaltender can shut a team out and, and, Mm. and let you win one, nothing. But there is no position that's more important in a team sport than quarterback. Everything's channeled through him. The whole offense goes through him. If if you're going to win the game, he's got to at least be able to put some points on the board. You can win without a great quarterback. You can win a Super Bowl without a great quarterback. Sure, some of it's the coach, um, but an awful lot of it is Brady. And to do this at 43 is is even more remarkable. So, you know, I, I think people who are saying today he's the greatest athlete in team sports or whatever, you know, probably the greatest participant in team sports because <laughs> uh, I still don't think he's an athlete. <laughs> it's like, but, but, but he's a, he's a competitor. Participant. Only you on the morning after Brady's seven Super Bowl. It's, it remind, reminds me of John Kruk. I know I'm, I'm all, all in on Brady. I, I just, I just, um, I know I'm just, I, I just, you know, I, I just looked at the, they were, well, it was your piece actually. It was, it was your nice piece at the mm. beginning of our show when you saw Brady at the combine in with that flabby little body, that, that little yeah, flabby yeah, little body yeah, right. you know, and, and trying to run, Get trying to run the 40 right? in less than 10 <laughs> seconds. And, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it's like when John Crook, the baseball player was at a postseason thing and he was, he was fat anyway, and he was smoking and drinking. And some woman said, why are you doing that? You know, you're an athlete. He's like, I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball player. <laughs> and, and that's what Tom Brady is. He's a football player, right. you know, um, and he's figured out the game like nobody has, I think, or nobody's certainly since the days of maybe Otto Graham and, and Paul Brown being together and being able to dominate mm-hmm. the way, the way that they did. So, yeah, I, I think 10 and seven is pretty much un, untouchable. Uh, you know, I don't see mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes having as long a career. Um, I, because he puts himself in the line well, of fire there, too much. There, there's that. And I, and I just think things are, are going to be changing um, with the new generation, you know, that, that this generation mm. that's been the first to kind of for all the greats to keep going into their forties uh, might well, might oh, well be the last that does that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Brady's college or, or combine picture, I, I always want to dig out as many pictures as I can of you uh, in the college era, big hair, Mike, of course. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting there because of the pandemic. Hair, I'm getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. It's kind of recreating that. You posted a great shot the other week on, on Twitter uh from back in the day that's slightly after your college days but but i'd love to see your pick from uh from college days and and see what kind of shape you're in then and and speaking of which uh and you know i mentioned we wanted to remember a a couple of greats and one of them was your head coach uh from college who who sadly passed away this week mike so uh yeah as you're reaching over to to the wall there you go that's a picture of you oh there you go so for the benefit of our listeners and we'll, we'll push this out on on social we'll clip this up as a video at the nc show there's iron mike in full flight oh, i love this picture because oh, it's the one with the kid in the background yeah, as well the, right the, the kid, kid was the son of one of our assistant coaches <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i love that shot um but carlson your head coach from wesley and passed away yeah and um don russell was he only was the head coach for seven years so i was lucky to play you know varsity two of those the last two of those those years um in which we won the little three both years we went undefeated in the first year of that and he was the perfect coach for that time and place um of guys you know who weren't uh, bound by their scholarships in a time of great unrest and and you know and loads of distractions as well 
and um, lots of us, we went on a Zoom call with him in December. He was quite frail. He was 93 when he died. Um, Right. But as soon as as the current athletic director at, at the college started the Zoom call, Don took over like he, like, like he was the coach. And, and all of these guys, yeah. most of whom were older than I am because they played for him you know, earlier than that, um, immediately became 20-year-old players, you know, 19-year-old. Right. And I played my first year at 18 for him. Um, and um, mm. it, was, it was great that we were able to do that. Um, and then you would know because you were there, but, um, in one of the games of Wembley, when they had the, uh, in 2019, when they had the 50th anniversary, uh, banquet for the undefeated team, I couldn't go there cause I was working, but the week before I recorded a little message about that. And I was going to talk about the season, yeah. but I wound up talking yeah. all about Don and how much he had meant to me personally, um, as well as being a really good coach. And, um, that, that got some mention. His son, I messaged his son with condolences. He messaged me back and, and just said how much that recording had meant to him and to the family who all have copies of it now, you know, and, and, and can, right. can look at it. So um, the tributes that were coming out were absolutely great. And I being... That must have been great for him to see because you recorded that up in the studio, didn't you, at Wembley? And it must have been great for him to see, you know, you all these all these years later. Yeah. I, I, well, I think it was, I think he would have found that as, as probably the most improbable thing of his life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That of all the players he ever coached, the one who would still be doing one of my teammates is coach still coaching uh, football at at a prep school in Connecticut choke. Right. Um, But you know, that I would be the one still play doing football, you know, would, would have probably surprised the hell out of him. And, uh, (laughs) and um, you know, we, we did that they kept putting it off. I mean, it was a huge favor of everybody to let me do it. Um, but they kept putting it off and we literally, you know, started it like five minutes before we went on air. And I, remember, and I had, yeah, I remember I had Andy in my ear saying, you know, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And I, you know, I, I got some, I got pushed out. Yeah, of the room while you were I've got something to say here, guys. You know, I, I told you it's going to be five minutes and I was doing it off, off the top of my head, not off a script. Um, so we just barely got it done and then, and then started the game. But, but it, it I'm pretty sure I remember to speak outside the studio and OC and Jason like, what is Mike doing? Well, they were they were in on it, you know, because I got I got them to introduce themselves, you know, and then um, I, I compared my little three winners medal to one of OC's Super Bowl rings. Oh, rings, yeah, which, okay, which was, yeah, which was yeah, quite yeah. good. Um, and you know, I, being being the kind of cynical person I am, I went back and looked at Don's record compared to the three coaches who followed him, none of whom ever mm. won a single little three title. And in fact, mm. most of whom were completely useless against Amherst and Williams. Well, really all three of them were, including the one who became our head coach, who was the Dan Campbell of my life. Um, <laughs> and and uh, Don coached seven years. His record against Amherst and Williams was seven and seven, which was fair enough because it, it's a tight rivalry. But he won three in seven years, um, which is mm. which Wesley and then went went uh, almost 50 years, be, uh, 40 years before they won another one. So I think, you mm. know, that speaks for itself as a football man. But raising a glass to, to coach and, and we want to wrap the show today by remembering another friend and colleague one of the nfl family chris wesling wes of course who so many of you listening will know and, and listen to around the nfl and read uh, read his stuff on uh, nfl.com over the years he passed away this week he was just 46 and mike he was absolutely one of the good guys because we were speaking in miami a year ago we were out with him 
and Greg and, 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 and many others uh, for dinner on the Saturday night. And, uh, you know, other times, of course, because of, you know, our, our friendship with Greg, you know, and, and the, the circles that we're in and the world that we're in, you know, we knew him, but it was way beyond that and, and the personal connection. It was to everyone who has talked about him, certainly since the news broke, the tributes that have been coming in, the common thread has been that he is somebody who made everyone around him better. I think that's really, that's really true. Um, you know, and, and it was funny that we were at, we had this dinner in Miami and, and Greg and Chris showed up. Um, Cause they, they're to me, they were the two guys who made that show work um, mm. because Greg is so smart basically. And he's so dryly funny and Chris is mm. very smart and not dryly funny, <laughs> very funny. You know, you know what I mean? Very upfront funny. Um, yeah, and, and, and that right. they were yeah. to me the, the heart of the show, the most interesting part of the show. And I, I, I put up on, um, after the, after the, um, meal, um, we, we took a photo outside with you and me and the two of them. And, um, mm. three of us, three of us look pretty, pretty drunk and happy. And one of us looks like <laughs> he's presenting, <laughs> he's presenting the photo. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say I won't say who that is, but presenting you know, the photo. You... <laughs> it's like, do I look right? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, but Wes, you know, I, it was the only time I met Wes, and we talked a long time about books, which was one of his, you know, mm. one of his things. Um, and we had emailed back or messaged back and forth about about certain books, non football books. But we also were talking about the his his list of best football books because I, I I was I had seen that. And, you know, he was just a, a lovely guy. And, and for him to go so, so soon after, you know, after they thought he was going to have, you know, another good run after, after his yeah. first bout with cancer. Um, yeah. But he got married. He had a, he had a baby. Yeah. Lakeisha and, and yeah. Link. And, he's, he, he's and you know, boy. somebody put up somewhere and I, I retweeted it. So if you go to my Twitter feed, you can find it. But um, a little video they made uh, for for the show, and yeah. it ends with with Chris and Link. It's the most beautiful photo, yeah. isn't it? Isn't um, it? And to think that he's gone, you know, and won't be able to do that again. Yeah, I just hope his son sort of has it in his bedroom and looks at it. Uh, I'm sure he will. And, you know, Mike, we, we mentioned Greg, Dan, Mark, those guys and, and everyone around them, you know, as well involved with, with that show. They are such a strong unit. And those three, we we're talking about this on, on radio last night as well. And the point was made that they are going to make sure that Link knows what a great guy his dad was. And they're going to be around him in a bubble of support and, and to keep uh, that, that humor make sure that's a kind of fundamental part of everything, yeah. but also we'll, we'll see said, him. We'll see him on the NFL network in 20, 22 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. it would be nice. It would be yes, nice. Um, it would be nice. If, nice if we did. And, and, you know, and they had great exposure here. Um, you know, not, yeah. not by our, our, our programs, but, but they were seen, they were seen in Britain. Um, oh, an awful sure lot. Massive, and when they came over, too. you know, and, and, um on on Rockstar yeah World. it was great and uh you know I, I it's um it's just a it's just a sad reminder you know he's he was 46 and don was 93 yeah. you know and some yeah, sometimes right. you sometimes you 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 get a, a great long run and sometimes you don't but 
I think the key thing is how much you influence, how much influence you have on, on the rest of the world while, while you're doing it. And Wes got an awful lot in in his 46 years. Yes, he did. We're raising a glass to him, raising a glass to both of them. Uh, and I'm sure you will join us in that. Mike, a pleasure as ever. Thank you so much as well for all your brilliant insight this season. Love working with the man. We're going to roll into the off season. That's when we get to do some really fun pods as well. So I'm looking yeah. forward to hooking up with you yeah. and doing some of those. Thank you. It's always good to, for us to be working together. And you know, given the crazy season we had, I'm glad we were able to do it. Yeah, we pulled it off. Look after yourself, bud. Take care. Check okay, it soon. Bye-bye. Brilliant stuff from Iron Mike. Always an absolute pleasure working with him. I want to say massive thanks to, to all our contributors for all of their excellence this season. Really appreciate everybody behind the scenes to producer all who's kind of hybrid now, right? Because he's the star of Edge Rush. Uh, Marley, we've got Andy and Tom running our social channels. A massive thanks to all of them. Everybody uh, on the ESPN UK side as well and stateside getting us some brilliant guests through the season. So big thanks to all of you involved with the show including everybody that listens because we couldn't do this without you our listeners love it appreciate it we're going to keep rolling with it through the off season you can't get rid of us that easily pods are going to be dropping thinking fast as i was suggesting with mike in the off season we can get some good fun ones as well so we are going to keep bringing it if you keep listening at the nc show our social channels uh, we'll keep pushing stuff out on there as well in fact speaking of producer oh we're back with edge rush on thursday yeah we're gonna have a season wrap given we were so big on the chiefs that's going to be quite an interesting show but hey we got we got quite a lot right as well on the prop bet side and uh, we had an all right season so we're gonna be wrapping up the season and looking ahead uh, at the futures market for next year and uh, by doing so look at some of the big narratives going into the off season so edge rush drops later on this week and the show is rolling all through the off season so stay locked in saluting you appreciate it we'll see you soon sports social podcast network